You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at Cafe Cacao this morning with Luigi. And I mean, I love this building. This building's awesome. The the mules along, you know, now inside, the mules along the side. Um, I mean, this building was a tire shop, right? That's I, correct. I saw, the, I saw the pictures before and after, mm-hmm. and I was like, whoa, you guys have done something awesome to this building. Um I mean, appreciate your time. It's awesome. I know, like, you know, we're in here and people are bustling around, eating great food, and it's a great atmosphere always. Mm-hmm. Um, I love eating here. It's the best thing ever. My wife, she's like, get me a coffee to go every single time I come down here, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into later as well. But, um, man, I really appreciate your time. Um, I know we've been trying to do this a little bit and finally got it done. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about you. I mean, were you born and raised here, did you, or did you move into Oklahoma and... Um, no, so I grew up in um, in Guatemala City. Okay. Um, I was born there. And then at about the age of six, uh, we migrated with my family to, to California. Okay. And we were there for about four years approximately. And after those four years, uh, my family decided to move back to Guatemala. So we moved back. We spent four years. Yeah. And then... All the money my parents had taken from California to Guatemala vanished. So and things were pretty rough right. in Guatemala once again. So we decided to migrate back okay. to to California, and we did. We arrived, and things were even harder. <laughs> right. So cost of living was super expensive. We kind of my mom was kind of seen with the reality of you know do I stay here? We can barely afford an apartment. And after about eight months, um, there was a distant cousin here in Oklahoma, and she explained to my mom, hey, everything's significantly cheaper over here. It's off the price. <laughs> yeah, that was about 17 years ago. Wow. And, um, you know, one day she was just like, all right, you know, we're, we're leaving. Yeah. And then we just got on the car, drove to Oklahoma, and then uh, when we got here, um, that cousin had some problems with her her apartment and we couldn't stay there oh, so we wow. slept in the car a few nights how old, and, so uh, how old are you then you were i was like, i was 13 13 uh-huh wow and um so it's just like in a new state too? you know yeah. all our belongings are in in the trunk of the car yeah. and um you know about a day later my mom met this lady at the grocery store and she was just like hey i need a place to stay and i pure coincidence she had a garage apartment yeah and then we, we started staying in the garage apartment the next wow. day and after um uh, started going to school at harding middle school and um my mom started cleaning schools you know just picking up any, anything she could yeah and you know it's kind of the story of how we got here wow. so so you came i said you came to the state came to california when you were six mm-hmm. and then you know, can you remember much about going to California and how how you like we obviously super excited to leave and kind of be in California. How was that? Oh, uh, we had been moving for a little bit. You know, the whole uh-huh. trip from Guatemala to California was just pretty hectic. Okay. Um. So, and then when I came back from from Guatemala this this most recent time, 
I didn't realize that I forgot all my English, you know. Yeah. Because um, I didn't practice it when I was in Guatemala. Right, you you know, no, it, yeah. Barely any, any anybody knew it. So I got here and I was like, how do I talk? You know, <laughs> I, I thought I knew it, you know, yeah. in my head, but it was gone. Wow. So I had to pick it back up all over again. Okay. And um, California was great. You know, I remember a lot of it. I was mm. there visiting recently. But even visiting it now, it's just like you become so accustomed to the slow rhythm of Oklahoma oh, yeah. that going back to California, it's like as beautiful as it is. So now it's like I would not like to live there anymore. Uh, it's yeah, just so crazy. I don't stop out there, mm. do they? Wow. That's such a crazy story, isn't it? Like mm. transitioning back and, and then coming, well, I've seen it coming to the States and then going mm-hmm. back and you know it's it fascinates me like I read a story the other day about um, there was a golf professional who's now on the PGA Tour and has an amazing story he's from Mexico and he lived right next to the border and, and like he just said to his mum one day he's like I'm going and he was like a kid like 13 years old like swims across the river gets caught comes back and finally gets across and then goes to work at a golf course and you know and now he's like on tour it's a crazy story wow. um, but it just like People don't really understand, and I obviously don't fully understand it, but I kind of understand it a little bit of coming to the States from a different country. And, you know, people always say that, like, um, I know Gary Vee always says this, and I know people listening, who, if you don't know who Gary Vee is, you can look him up. But if you do know who he is, you're obviously going to understand this and you'll love it. He always says that, like, uh, if you're an immigrant, you have, like, an advantage over everyone else because you know what it's like back home and that's, you just work harder that's true. right and yeah. you know no one else understands that I mean only people who have come from you know a hard background or just a different country where something's completely different you come to the states and you're like there's so much opportunity here it's a joke exactly you know you're like you could fall out of bed mm-hmm. and start your own business like it, it's not that hard mm-hmm. you know whereas other, I think you know, people who have never traveled or have just grown up in the States or just never been outside of Oklahoma, they, they, they just don't know that. Right. And it's great for us because we're like, <laughs> I, you know, if only, if only you knew, right? Exactly. People say to me, you know, my wife wanted to, when we went back to Wales, she's like, I want to live in Wales. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. I'm like, you can bring, the, if you want, if you can bring the scenery here, yes. But mm-hmm. there's culture and everything else. And mm-hmm. the culture's great, but like, you know, the business culture and entrepreneur culture and opportunity is just not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that kind of the same in Guatemala as well? Um, yes. Yeah. Um, and it, I guess kind of culture shock, you know, arriving. Because um, when I returned to Guatemala the first time, like I didn't remember any of it. Yeah. And then when I returned back to California, you know, I barely remember anything. So it was just like, yeah, everything's pretty vague. Um, it's, but it's in a weird age for you, too. All the important things, I think, are happen here in Oklahoma, you know, my... Yeah. My teen years and my adult life all happened here. So that's why I feel pretty attached to Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said, I mean, when you come here when you're 13, that's the, you start growing up then. Exactly. You know? And everything else before that's just kind of... Blurry. Yeah, and you're just like relying on your mum or dad or whatever it is, and you're not... You don't know like if it's bad, right? Because mum mm-hmm. probably does a really good job of just you know we're fine. We're just like living in your car for a couple of days. We're just like oh it's fine. We'll just figure it out. Exactly. Whereas like if you did that now, you're like oh shit. Like what am I doing? You know, it's when you're a kid, you're just oblivious to that, mm-hmm. and that's probably a blessing in disguise that you it you is. know. And and now you like you said you've been here since you know what 2000 I guess 2001 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you have this. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, so you went to Harding Middle School, mm-hmm. right? And went through all that, had to learn English again and, yeah. and come in and be that outsider, I guess, kid. Mm-hmm. How was that growing up? And it was, at the time, um, Harding is a pretty good school now. Mm-hmm. When I started going there, it was pretty <laughs> rough. There was a fight yeah. every day. 
So it was a weird experience, a very weird experience. I didn't like going to Harding at all. Yeah. But the uh, the bright side is that after Harding, I went to Northwest Classen, which was a great school. I loved everything about it. Um, and after that, I started going to um, Oklahoma City Community College and ended up dropping out of mm. <laughs> the community yeah. college because we started Cafe Gagao. Yeah. And that was just an adventure in itself. You right. Know? Because even before we started um, Cacao, I had pretty much no restaurant experience, you know, and <laughs> my mom had, you know, I would call it, I'd say limited restaurant experience. So yeah. a lot of people confuse, or not confuse, but um, they think they know the story between Cacao and Antigua, and I've heard so many different things yeah. you know, over the years. And um, I mean, long story short, so. Well, we arrived, you know, a few years in. Uh, my mom was working at, um, still at cleaning schools, working at uh, Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. And um, when Ana Paxayo from Café do Brazil, when she was at that location where Café T was at, and she moved to the bigger location, my mom took over that space okay. and started El Portal Café. Okay. And during that time, I was still in high school. Um things were going all right you know when she started el portal yeah but just her running her by itself just made her sick uh she got really stressed out and she decided to to sell it Mm. and then she sold it to her sister then about two years after her her sister ran it yeah she sold it to at the time my girlfriend's parents okay and um and then after about a year, I started working at Antigua as a waiter. Okay. But the reason why so many people knew me at Antigua was because um, I was the only waiter for the whole restaurant. And I, was your, <laughs> I was your busser, I was your waiter, your yeah. cashier, uh, your host, your yeah. expediter. You know, it was, it was fun. There's Not, 10 years of restaurant experience in six months, <laughs> Exactly. Right? So it was funny because a lot, a lot of times people would get up to pay at the counter. Yeah. And then I would show, I was like... Weren't you just over there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, it was, what were you saying? It was pretty oh, fun. So yeah. my restaurant experience before opening Cacao was uh, McDonald's. Yeah. And um, and you know just being everything at wow. uh, the only waiter at yeah. Cafe Antigua. So when you when your mom opened that restaurant, did you was I mean food a passion in, in the family? Was it just kind of like she loved to cook and was like I'm gonna do this? Absolutely. Well, yeah. everybody in her family. Um, can can definitely cook. Um, her gram or my grandma uh, definitely cooks. But um, the difference between my mom and the rest of her sisters and brothers is that even when we lived in Guatemala and you know there we didn't have a lot of money, we we're eating nothing fancy, right? But yeah. she would always put her place in a real nice presentations, you know. And there were yeah. family gatherings and. She would put the lettuce and put the fruit on top or put all these ingredients and make it look real nice. Yeah. And she would get teased by my uncles and, and my aunts. And they would be like, just put the food on the plate, you know, stop yeah. doing all this effort. But she was like, no, I'd like to do this. So right. even years ago when she didn't even think about ever putting a restaurant, mm-hmm. she always had that inside of her. Yeah. And then when she was, you know, working, she worked at a few restaurants here. And I think that's when it clicked for her. Like, hey, I really enjoy this. You right. know, I have a passion for it. Um, and that's why she decided to start El Portal Café. Okay. 
So that's really cool. So there's always like a pride there. There was always a passion. Yes. And I'm like, why not? Let's just mm-hmm. do it. So, wow. So did you work at the cafe at the, at the time as well when your mom was working there and helping out? So at the or time, after we sold El, or after she sold El Portal okay. Cafe. Um, but you didn't I work at El Portal? El, uh, yeah, I was, okay, I was at El Portal for, man, I was there for, for about three years. Okay. How old were you then? I was about, it was all my... My junior, my sophomore, junior, senior year, I okay. was there. And so uh, 15 to 18, kind exactly. of? Exactly. Okay, cool. And then my mom was just working about three jobs. Yeah. You know, just going hardcore and still in the restaurant industry. Yeah. And um, what was it? We, we started Cacao in 2007, and that's when, about 2006. So I graduated 2007. Yeah. And... Um, she was working at Olive Garden and Cheesecake Factory. So, on her, she was working um, Olive Garden in the morning, and then be off for about an hour, and then go to work at Cheesecake Factory till like 2 a.m. Wow! But then on her days off, yeah. she would buy used restaurant equipment. Yeah. You know, because she knew she was gonna do it all over again. Yeah. And I was waiting tables at at El Portal or yeah. Antigua. Yeah. And. You know, all this, there were about three years, she just kept on buying restaurant equipment. We had spoons, coffee, <laughs> all over the house, and all this um, equipment. And then one day, she calls me, and she's like, hey, you know that tire shop on, on Classen? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's closed. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And like, we can put a restaurant in there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you think all that equipment is for? Yeah. And I was like, okay. And she was like, all right, meet me there. And then I come, the owner of the tire shop was here. Mm. And then when I got here, my mom had already told him, hey, I'll take over your lease. Yeah. Um, let's talk to the landlord. And like, yeah. we're ready. Wow. And just like everything happened really fast. And like the day later, yeah. we had signed with the lease. Uh, with, we had yeah. signed the lease with the landlord. And then I realized, we're like, everything's happy, right? Hey, we're starting a business. Um, but then I tell my mom, hey, you have money, right? <laughs> because like, I, this is a tie show. Yeah, because I had at the time I had like nine thousand dollars in my savings. Yeah. And I didn't know how much it, uh, starting a restaurant would take, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not enough. Yeah. And she was like, No, I don't have money. We'll and I'm like, it out. What do you mean? <laughs> and she's like, Well, you know, I was uh, planning on talking to your uncle. We have an uncle that we grew up with in California. Mm-hmm. So luckily, my uncle, who always uh, he was this type of uncle that we knew we could always rely on him yeah. for anything. And um, and he was actually the the guy that gave her the a loan to start El Portal. Oh, okay. You know, so yeah. he believed in her all over again. Yeah. And she was like, I trust you, I believe in you. And he gave her $30,000 to start um, Cacao. And yeah. it was kind of like do or die, right? Yeah. And then um, an uncle of ours from California came. And in like three days, we demoed everything inside build a bar and uh paint the exterior of the restaurant so we took care of that in like a week yeah and then we just you know me with my terrible or not terrible but very weak experience and her with her limited experience and having failed at one restaurant again we're like 
excited to do it all over again. Oh, it's just true passion. And yeah. Like there's, there's no other way to explain it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So how bad did this place look when you first pulled up that day and your mom's like, meet me here at this tire shop? Oh, it what was, were you thinking when it you was just pulled bad. up? I mean, there was tires in the walk-in cooler. Yeah. Where the espresso station is at is where they would fix your tires. Yeah. And uh, there was... First, uh, there was carpet everywhere, and we didn't have enough money to fix the floors, so mm-hmm. we pulled the carpet off. There was glue everywhere, so we took the glue off, but then it wasn't really coming off, right. so we painted the floors yeah. with this uh, floor paint. But then weeks after we opened, the paint started coming off. <laughs> so it just became this like design thing, yeah. you know, that maybe it was on purpose but ah it was all patchy you know yeah. you could see the the floor tiles and you can see the glue and you can see the paint and somewhere there wasn't paint so yeah it was rough but i think um since the beginning people would come to cafe cacao because it was you know something different right um you weren't coming for your average you know enchiladas or anything like that so the mm-hmm. appeal was there and um even to this day you know it's um um, I, th- I feel like we kind of came in early yeah. when, before this whole breakfast explosion of, course. Uh-huh. Of, of restaurants happening in Oklahoma City. And I think it was really nice to be a part of that, you know, yeah. to be in that One stage of the first and ha- really I mean, early. Be the ones that really pushed that, mm-hmm. right? Because now you have like Hatch and what is it? Neighborhood Jam yeah. and all these other places. Yeah, Waffle Champion. Waffle Champion. Yeah, yeah, all great places. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And then, you know, and like I said, we have Antigua down the street, right? Mm-hmm. So when you worked in Antigua, is that how you met? Uh, your wife now is she your wife right that's correct okay I uh-huh. didn't want to like force that one <laughs> um, so that's got I mean was that how you met did you know her before you started we working actually there? met initially at the church we were going to uh-huh. and then we also happened to be going to the same high school yeah and then um, that's how I got the job um, well mainly because the my mom was the person who recommended her parents to purchase the got you the, the restaurant and I was just friends with the family, so needed a job. Yeah. You know, why not? So yeah. it was a perfect fit for So how long did it how long were you working there before you guys started dating and Oh man, so we actually dated for quite a while, about six years, um, before we got married. And um and I was there at until for about three years and then started cacao about three years in and we got uh-huh. married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a cool story. And like I said, they they do great down there. They have great food as well, and mm-hmm. you know it's it just complements this place, right? Correct. Um, um, you know, I always tell people because people when we started cacao, there was this like rivalry amongst people, right? You know, and uh, on Yelp you would see I'm Team Cacao and <laughs> I'm Team Antigua. You know, people would say that it's and great for business. Yeah. Business, yeah. And then I've even uh, like some people. Um, would be eating at Antigua and my wife would overhear them and they were like yeah the uh, the guy that was here he like betrayed them and went to open his own <laughs> restaurant down the street we would hear all kinds of stories and then it, um, sometimes people would even like say oh yeah you know that other place it's not that good yeah and he was like well that's my husband <laughs> I was like oh that's awkward it's the same family We're all, it's all good exactly but I always tell people it's like two barbecue joints you know yeah. we're both serving similar food but we your own have our own twist. flair and, yeah. and flavor, so. Yeah. When did, because um, the mural along the side is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you say that word right? Because I know uh, Oklahomans probably mess it up every yeah, single time. That's probably true. Uh, alegria. Alegria. Uh-huh. Okay. And what does it mean? Happiness. Happiness. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was just like, was that something just kind of from family or was just 
obviously yeah, a conscious decision to put that word up there. Correct. Um, well, you know, uh, everything that we've done here, you know, there was really no, no plan. You know, when we started, it was just like, all right, you know, let's let's make money. Yeah. Right, because we need to survive, and we didn't choose like, oh, these cups, you know, they're nice, or yeah. this type of plate complements this dish. None of that happened. Um, so then everything you see, um, it, it kind of, it doesn't tie in together perfectly because uh-huh. we were just, at the, you know, we were growing so fast. You know, the first, I'd say, two years were really rough as the fact that not only all the used restaurant equipment we bought was breaking down, but the building itself, you yeah. know, was falling apart. So the first two years were rough, but then as we started, you know, just progressing um, through the restaurant, I started meeting different people, right, from the restaurant industry, and they would talk to me about their businesses, and I started, you know, just catching on a lot of things, Um, and until later, about, I would say, four years in, is when we started making money, and I was like, hey, you know, we need to switch these plates, and we really started focusing, you know, on the details we should have focused since the beginning, but we just didn't, and... um, you know, you'll see like the booths. Um, we just wanted to add more space. You know, people are waiting longer. Mm-hmm. Um, the design of the bar, which a friend did, and looks great, but it just everything was done at a different stage. You yeah. know, we didn't like say, "All right, this is how the place is gonna look." Yeah. You know, so there's all these different stages of design, uh, or that we implemented throughout the years. Um, and that's how kind of the mural came to be. Yeah. We just saw the, um, the wall, and it was just like, you know, people, because people would always tell us, you know, you guys are like a staple. You know, if my family or I have friends from out of town, I have to bring them here. Yeah. So I, I kept on thinking, you know, I, like, I love that, but how, how do we become like that attraction, right? Because yeah. people already come here for the food, yeah. but then the, um, the building... Um, just kind of it's really easy to drive by it and miss it yeah and that's how I was like let's put a mural and then it was just like well what do we put in the mural and it was just like the best thing I could think of was um, all the colors right something yeah, yeah, bright yeah. and so that's how with um, Dusty you know just kind of brainstorming, brainstorming different ideas we came up with the pattern but then it was like it has to have a message and then just from um thinking you know what do we put on there just happiness you know because mm-hmm. we felt with my brother we were like well what do people think you know when they when they go to cacao yeah or when they're eating the food and it's like well they're, they're happy you know and that's okay well and we like to do our all our advertising and communicate mm-hmm. a lot in spanish so that's why we felt it okay. to be in spanish yeah. you know because the the culture of the restaurant is so latin forward right yeah that's, I mean, and, and now, obviously, inside has recently been done too, right? This was done what last year, kind yes. of towards, towards the end of the middle of last year. And yeah, just, I'm sure I saw the before and after pictures of the tire shop to now, and it's just night and day, isn't it? Like exactly. It, you know, if people walk in and you're like, "This used to be a tire shop," like, no way, there's yeah. no way. Like, uh-huh. no one ever sees this place now as a tire shop. Well, a really good friend of mine. It's pretty funny. Um, when he was with us the day we got the building and he was looking at the place and he was just like at the time man yeah i see the i see a restaurant here it looks it looks yeah. great but then later uh years later he was like 
man, to be honest with you, when I was there with you, I just said that, but <laughs> I, I didn't see a restaurant. It looks so bad. Yeah. You know that? I was nervous for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like, the walls are all black, and there's yeah. rubber everywhere. Exactly. It's probably, you know, it's like I said, it was falling apart or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow. I mean, it's such a cool story. And it's, you know, it, this building now is, like I said, it, it is a staple of happiness, right? Mm-hmm. People come here, and people from out of town, and I've had friends who have moved out of town, and every time they come back, they're like, go to go for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, like, where do you go? And they're like, oh, there's only one place. Mm-hmm. Here, yeah, you know, and they're just like, there's, we're going here, and we show up, and, and it's like a 45-hour minute wait. Right. You know, I'm like, that's fine. You know, where you go to some places and you're just like, oh, let's go somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. what, what else can we go? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, just like, oh, well, that's that's nothing. That's that's normal. You know, mm-hmm. that's fine. It's worth it. That's this way. Um, and I love the way the seating is. You sit so close to everybody. Everyone's family. Everyone's, like, community, right? You know, you right. get some restaurants that the tables. I know you want to get them close because you want to get more people in here. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like that here. It feels like everybody's sat close together and they chat and they bump elbows and they're just enjoying the food, right? And right. that's kind of, I'm sure, the vision that you guys had. Uh, is that kind of what it's like in the restaurants back home? Is that kind of a similar feel? Um, yes. Yeah? I guess they're in, they were kind of in the same spot we were, right? Yeah. Um, kind of demand was high. But, um, you know, I, I actually like that. You know, I yeah. personally, um, like I would prefer that the you know tables were not so close. Um, but you know when I go to some busy restaurant out of state and I and it's like that I enjoy that a lot and that's yeah. how I feel that's how I, I hope people feel when they come here you know it's not you're not here because you're in this you know fine dining right. restaurant or you know all this fancy furniture it's just like and you're here because of the food and there's all these drawbacks you know the tables being too close yeah. it's cramped but it doesn't matter because the food's good. It's just the experience. Exactly. And, and like I said, I think food food has gone... I think that people who eat now, they, they try and do it like it's not... Whereas I think it's not an occasion anymore, right? It's just, right, let's go eat, let's get food, and let's go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think, you know, what you guys do here, and I, I know what we do back home, and, and what you probably Guatemala is the same as well, is food is an event. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's not just like a 30-minute thing. It's like... You know, like when your mum would prepare food for the whole family or whatever it is, you sit around and chat and have four or five different dishes or whatever. You know, it's it, that's what I get the feeling is here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's probably a, a market that you guys captured on and that Oklahoma and business in general, I think, is missing because you don't, you know, people, like I said, are always in a rush. They don't want to go to a restaurant for four hours, mm-hmm. right? You're like, well... That would be great. You know, we have three or four dishes, a starter, and, and just enjoy and get together. And, mm-hmm. you know, food is something that brings people together. And like you said, if people are bringing their families into town, you don't want, you know, you want to spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. You don't want to spend 10 minutes eating food and then bounce somewhere else. And, oh, okay, see you later. Or, you know, catch you again or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? So, no, I definitely see that you guys, you know, just looking around the restaurant. I mean, there's such a diverse mix of people here. You know, there's people with, you know, they're on work meetings or, or they're meeting with friends or they're mm-hmm. with family or whatever it is. Like, and that's great, right. you know, because you market to everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's great for business, too. Exactly. And that's been kind of a part of the transition, too. Not just in the core, right, that we just mm-hmm. played it by ear. But also, so when we started, it was, we had this terrible logo. Yeah. That it's not the logo we have now, but it was really thin. You couldn't really see it. But then it would say uh, Cafe Cacao, Guatemalan Cuisine. But then as time went by, we started adding, you know, these dishes from other countries. So over time, we were like, well, we're not just a Guatemalan restaurant. We're a Latin restaurant. Yeah. 
and that's how we promote ourselves now Cafe Cal Latin Cuisine because there's a little bit of everything you know there's uh, pupusas from El Salvador uh, huevos rancheros they're like a South of Mexico version uh, there's you have huevos motuleños all these dishes from everywhere yeah um, and I feel like people responded to that really well um, because here is like you come on a Saturday you'll see uh, Pakistani people um uh, Guatemalan people, Mexican people, mm-hmm. definitely a lot of uh, American people. Yeah, and and it's definitely the the group that dominates the most. But then you'll see um, the really cool thing is is that there's a pretty small population here of like people from Venezuela, Colombia, Chile, but uh, the Peru. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool because uh, my staff will tell me, hey. Um, there's these people from from Peru and Chile that come here and they're like they think it's really awesome that you're actually using the right pisco to make the pisco sour and okay. he's like and that was like that's why they come here yeah you know those little details yeah that we get to yeah, focus I would on notice now. that uh-huh. you know like people like me or an American or whatever it is the people from that that are not from that country or not from that area just and that's true validation for you mm-hmm. you know and that's like we're doing the right thing here because mm-hmm. 50% of the people wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. Might even be more than that. Correct. But you get that, mm-hmm. all right, you get that 25 or 10%, whatever it is, person comes in and says, this is how my mom makes it back home. Exactly. Yeah, and, and the people, because obviously every cuisine is different, right? Especially if you go from Guatemala or Mexico all the way down to Colombia, Venezuela. But then the people from those countries that there's no Venezuelan restaurant, right? There's no Brazil. Well, there is uh, Brazilian. Um, but they'll tell us, you know, I don't, there's no um, Argentinian restaurant here, but you're the closest thing. You know, you yeah. have this that is a part of my culture, and you have this. So they can pick those certain things yeah. and get that nostalgia. Um, so that's why I think we, we have such a diverse uh, community in here. Yeah, definitely. And that for me, from being out of state or being out of country, eating something that's, that's like it is at home, it feels like you're home. Mm-hmm. It gives you, like I said, it gives you that nostalgia and it gives you that just sense of comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you guys go about building that, that rest, the, the uh, building the, you know, the menu and stuff like that? Do you do a lot of research or is it just through like referrals and friends like, oh, what about this? Or people, it's, how, do, yeah. how do you guys do um, that? So when it comes to menu, anything that's coffee, that, that's all me. And then everything that is food, uh, the entire front of the front side of the menu and the important side, I believe, yeah. that's all my mom. Yeah. And she's always, she's the type of person that every time she goes into a restaurant, even when we were in Guatemala, we would go eat somewhere and she would try it and she would like slow down, take a break. And then she would say like, hmm, okay, this, is it. this has cumin you know yeah. pepper and all these things and she will start dissecting every single thing <laughs> all the time and, the, and it's re- she's very picky you know it's very hard yeah. when she finds a place that she likes I'm like okay that's good because yeah. uh, she's super picky but she has so many ideas um, and actually I always told my mom that the menu that we have is it's too big for the size of the kitchen that we have because the kitchen is pretty small and we struggle a lot with space in there and then we have this gigantic menu <laughs> and then the menu this is the size that it is yeah that's with me holding her back yeah you know with me telling her hey we don't need six advertisers uh yeah 10 omelets this is me holding her back so it's still huge and i'm actually working on just bringing it back uh, a little yeah, bit. yeah reducing the size of it a little but 
like we'll have the big menu and then she'll have four specials yeah. on Saturday and Sunday. But um, yeah, she'll, she'll definitely take inspiration from everywhere. You know, she'll mm-hmm. see something and she's like, well, how can I give it that Latin twist? Um, so I think that's really cool. We'll, we'll yeah. experiment a lot. Um, and if like if you see if you see a special, and I, we always try to tell people that always get the specials because you can come back anytime, right? To get the whatever's on the menu. But the way we we actually reprint our menus every like three to four months. Uh, so every time we have a special that really moves, people respond to it. Yeah. And then we take that item that sold the least for the past three months, and we replace it with that special that yeah. really moved. And then even if there was an item at some point that kind of sold, but this new special was you know had a really good pace, then we'll still take that item off. And yeah. then that's why we've had oh man a lot of we printed a lot of menus, <laughs> and that just kind of keeps. It keeps us, um, I'd say, you know, competitive. Yeah. You know, people always are seeing something new. And it's something that people always tell us when they come. You know, you, even when they left um, to another state and then mm-hmm. they come back to visit, they're like, man, it's changed a lot. Not just in the, the decor, right? They'll come and say, oh, man, I wasn't here when you had the mural and yeah. these booths, you know, where did they come from? We'll always get that, but we get that on the food too. Yeah. It's always changing. That's really cool to have, like, uh, you know, have a customer base that's willing to try new stuff. Like, they clearly they trust you and they trust how good the food is to do that, right? Because I think, and and food is quite, food is such a thing that when someone likes what they have, like they kind of stick to it and that's it. But they know it's good. They know it's a safe choice, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't. I think that when people go to restaurants, and I, I'm bad at this too, I just don't ask enough questions. I feel bad about asking questions, mm-hmm. right? And I think. I don't know if that's just me. It might just be other people as well. But, you know, we we don't, like, explore a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we'll try this one. Like, oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you go with your you safe know? choice. Right? Yeah, you always go with the safe choice because you don't want to, you know, some people might be coming in and they might be buying food and, and for them... That you know that Saturday morning is their thing, mm-hmm. and they that's the one thing that one day that they eat out a week, and they don't want to ruin that. Exactly. You know, they don't want to spend you know twenty bucks or whatever it is. That might be a huge deal to them, and mm-hmm. they don't want to ruin that on a meal that they don't know is going to be good or not. Mm-hmm. They don't. I mean, obviously the food's going to be amazing quality, but they don't know if they're going to like it. Exactly. You know, and to have that trust and just be like, you know, this is where I like serving whatever you want. Right. Exactly. That is like. I'm sure for you guys as owners, just, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's happiness. It, it is. You know? It is. That's so cool. What do you think about, are you guys going to expand? Are you going to put in a new location or get bigger? I mean, like I said, you said the kitchen's a little small for the menu. Yeah. Um, what are you and what does mum say about that? <laughs> you guys on the same page? Well, you know, we've actually been thinking about that for a while. Um, the reason why expansion hasn't happened um, sooner is because we feel like my mom's cooking here is is very is really involved she takes a lot of pride in in her recipes and um we felt that you know like a franchise wouldn't wouldn't be something that would work for us or for the concept or the style of food because it'd be very hard to replicate her exact you know it would never be the same exactly so we are we are doing a bigger location um so we are working on that great um, I don't want to give a lot of details. No, of Nothing's not. official yeah, yet, yeah. Um, but there is a, a bigger location coming, um, right. not too far from here, and I think it'll solve. Um, or not, I think it will definitely solve a lot of our problems with not just our, our kitchen being too small, tables being too close, yeah. 
the wait being, you know, three hours sometimes. Uh, we're looking to address all of that with this bigger location. Yeah, that's that's super exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure like it, I'm sure it doesn't feel like work for them. And Correct. she's just like a professional. This is her passion. It yeah. doesn't feel like work. She just loves to do what she right. does. Right. Well, some, I think when you're in the restaurant industry, sometimes it feels like really hard work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, overall, I mean, we both, like, I, I would have never thought that I would be in the restaurant industry, right? And that yeah. would be my, my career. But now we, like, we really enjoy it. Um, yeah. Like, I love coming to work. I love seeing people's reaction. You know, one, one really interesting thing about my mom is, when she makes a special, especially something different that she's like really proud of, um, she makes sure if someone, she tells the waiter, if you ring a special like this, um, let me know yeah. because I'm going to make it. So even though we're really busy, kitchen's crazy, yeah. uh, in there and she's like, someone tells her, hey, I got a special coming in. She goes, she makes it, that's a specific dish, she puts it on the expediter station. And then when the expediter uh, grabs you, he says, hey, where's this going? And she tells him, all right, table five. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, go. And then when that expo goes, she comes out. She leaves the kitchen, and she comes out, and she's standing over there by the door, and she's looking. Yeah. Until that person grabs the first bite, and she'll grab me. And she's like, hey, come here, look. He's about to eat it. And then the person eats it, and then, you know, if it's a good reaction, yeah, like, yeah. oh, man, you know, like... And he's waving his head yeah. up and down, and she's like, she'll grab him. She's like, see, he likes it, <laughs> and she loves that. She'll it's like do a that kid. exactly. Yeah. She'll do that a lot. She'll, if you notice her, like on a on a weekend, um, you'll see her standing um, by the bar, yeah. looking at the floor, and what she's looking at is everybody's reaction, you know. And she'll tell, you know, she'll tell me, she'll tell the waitstaff, and she's like, you see that, you know, he liked the food, yeah, you know. So she loves, she feeds off that, right. Mm-hmm. What does she What does she do when like someone as like that's not what they expected or the taste that like they just didn't you know their taste bud wasn't What does she like when that happens? It, I'm sure it doesn't happen very often. Right. Um, it definitely happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're not for everybody. Right. Of course. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But she tries to offer something else. You know, if this wasn't just for you, just full hospitality exactly. comes on out. How can I help? Exactly. Well, you know. Then maybe try yeah. this. You know, she'll be like, yeah. well, you know, this is not her thing. It's probably this. You know, it's probably yeah. too much. This one's too garlic heavy. Then you know, tell him to try this, and yeah. it's just she really tries to win him over. Right. Um, and if it's um, if we couldn't win him over, then you know, right? Because it if happens. You, if you yeah, and if you go back out, you know, say say they've ordered something, it's not what they said. You go back out, you give them another dish. Mm-hmm. It's totally worth you doing that because you know they're going to come back and back again, and again, and again. Like that first time they come in, mm-hmm. you don't really. I'm sure as a as an owner, it's like, oh, this is like a free dish, right? Oh yeah, we'd be like to make some money from this, but. First of all, I want to know that you want to, like, the, the goal is to have them come back. Mm-hmm. And once you get them that second or third time, they're back every week. Exactly. You know, it's like the percentages of that. And we actually noticed that, um, like I said, right, when we started, we weren't focusing on so many things. Mm-hmm. But then later, we you know, we started getting all this data from, like, Google and Yelp. And yeah. it's like, hey, people are coming from your business to your business from all the way from Shawnee, you know, all the way from Guthrie. And, yeah. and now that we have this, uh, uh, we have the no-wait system. And then we can see exactly where people get in line from. Yeah. And then, like, on the weekends, people actually get in line uh, from Tulsa. Wow, that's uh, awesome. Chickasha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and they check in here, you know. They're actually, <laughs> you know, calling yeah. or getting in line and, and making it here on the weekends from pretty far away. That's amazing. And um, we... Um, we noticed that the distance and all these demographics and we're kind of learning from we realized that we had 
a lot of um, first timers, mm. uh, people that hadn't been here. So we tried to train the staff in a way, hey, let me give you a quick overview of yeah. what we are. Um, because it's pretty different, especially, so for example, the way I explain that is that the people from Jeff's Country Cafe right in front of us, they they just don't come here. Right. You know, and if they do, kind of when we started, they would say, hey, you know, let's go in there. And they would come in and they would be like, yeah, that's too we expensive. We don't understand any you know, of it. Yeah. Too, yeah, yeah. Um, and at the time, it was $2.50 for a cup of coffee. It's yeah. like, no, I can get it for like $1.50 at Jeff's. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and then our customers don't necessarily go to Jeff's Country Cafe, right? They're right. coming here for that really out there food. Yeah. So I feel that... Um, We've um, established our, our clientele and demographics mm-hmm. yeah. um, pretty well throughout the years. You said that you never saw yourself in the restaurant industry. What, I mean, what was your childhood dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, what, when I was a child, I would always say I wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. But, you know, it's pretty interesting because I, I can see blood and... You know, pretty bad stuff, but the interesting is that I can't see broken bones. Yeah. It just really freaks me out. <laughs> it's just, now I think about it, it's just, yeah. I, I could have never been a doctor. Yeah. Know? It's just, I can't deal with broken bones. It really yeah. freaks me out. And that was kind of, when did that kind of stop? When did, like, the doctor, you're like, ah, we're going to You do? know, once, uh, once I get out of high school, yeah. um, that's when things got serious, you know, yeah. life hits you hard, and actually, throughout high school, I was working in, in framing and in construction, mm-hmm. oh, man, that was tough. It's not easy work, it's is not it? easy work, you know, <laughs> and I see people working there, and I just, yeah, I don't, I, I kind of feel bad for them, because you're working under the sun, you know, all day, and you get accustomed to, I remember my friends, actually, when I went my first day, it was so hard that I went home, and um, I went straight to bed. Yeah, and then when my friends that they actually they dropped me off, and they actually they went to their house and they came back and they were thinking they were gonna pick me up to go play soccer. Yeah, and now I was in bed with a hot tea, <laughs> with a hot towel on my forehead, you know, because my mom yeah, was just yeah, like, yeah. "Oh man, you had a rough day, you know, lay yeah. down. Here's, here's your tea." And then you know, a few weeks later. I would finish working with them, and then I would go play soccer with them. So you get accustomed yeah. to it, but yeah. I feel like I lost a few years of my life working in framing. Yeah. It was just really hard work. They, they work, like I said, they work hard, and then to go from that, to go play soccer and run around for an hour. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, what? You're crazy. You've been up here and working 12 hour days, and yeah. now you want to go run around? You're mad. Mm-hmm. But that's that's how it is. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I... They can do it, and they love doing it. Mm-hmm. Why not? That's uh, and I'm sure they look forward to playing soccer all day. Yeah, you know, they got that's what gets them through the day, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously Guatemala's soccer is quite a big sport down there as well. It is kind of all South America just love. Exactly. You know, I grew up watching Rivaldo for Brazil mm-hmm. and the original Ronaldo, which some people don't even know who the original Ronaldo is, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, and just all these awesome players and was that a passion for you as well growing up just playing soccer absolutely yeah yeah big fan you know it's it's really it's unfortunate that most of the games happen during business hours yeah um, especially all the games in Europe but so I don't get to keep in touch with that's why I started watching a lot of MMA yeah because you know it's at night and I get a chance to watch it I love soccer but everything happens you know in the morning 
and it's my busy time, so I don't get to follow it as much as I'd like to, but yeah, but still have a passion for awesome. it. Well, man, I really appreciate this. This has been a lot of fun. Get to know the story, get to know like the backstory of everything, and and just kind of like you know everything that you've gone through and where you've come from, you know, to go to come to the states and then to go back and then to come out and then randomly, you know, oh, we're gonna go to Oklahoma. And you get there, you don't have a house, all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So what you have now, I mean, it's and you're still young in the grand scheme of things, right? In, in your thirties. 30. 30, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in 30 years to have so much life experience mm -hmm. and to have a business with your mum around, you know, it must be just such a great feeling. And you've got all your life ahead of you and you've got all these big plans or whatever, but it must be super special just to have mum around and to, to build this, I guess, for her and with her. Because it. You know, on that day that she calls you and she's like, hey, meet me at this tire yeah. shop, we've signed the lease. Exactly. Like, Are you crazy? It's, What's yeah. going on? It's crazy. You know, I know uh, my brother in, in a previous interview a long time ago, he was just like, it really feels like the American dream. Yeah. You know, because uh -huh. we kind of migrated over here, uh, not just from Guatemala, but to California yeah. and then to Oklahoma, and things were rough and... It really, really does feel like we're living the dream. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like work, you know, even though sometimes right. it does. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're excited about the future, you know, and even in the first early years, there's always this um, a fear that, like, for example, when we had a, a really slow day that, uh -huh. oh, man, something something happened, right? And it's all downhill from yeah, here, right? Like, like it's over. It's, it's over, exactly. And um, But that feeling, you just kind of grow as a... Um, as an entrepreneur and you're like all right you know yeah slow days happen you know but now you'll see um all these great concepts like um i read how snooze i, I would visit i visited snooze for the first time in uh, in denver uh -huh. it's a great breakfast concept and then a few weeks ago i read that they're opening you know yeah. not too far from here they're opening one and now when i see places like that opening and before it would be like oh man this is gonna be um, the business really racket, they're taking us over or exactly whatever is, they're yeah. gonna they're challenging us and, yeah. and actually ha that's how we felt when like hatch or every breakfast concert like yeah. when hatch sunny was getting side open, exactly yeah. sunny side we were like all right we need to step our game up yeah and we need to do better things and that's why we're always changing yeah we always have this feeling that someone is going to come you know and we would say that about snooze actually we'd yeah. be like man if snooze would come here they would give us like a really good challenge and maybe they would take some of our market share and, yeah and um but like, now we don't we still have that mentality you know we you have to to stay in business exactly yeah but now we're also like really happy for oklahoma city because mm -hmm. we have all these things and we're like man we're gonna have a snoozier that that's awesome we yeah. love that we love seeing all these concepts it just makes the food culture even better exactly you know and that's uh, that's something that this state and like i said since you've been here you've watched it grow mm -hmm. uh, and seen people come in like that through every in, through every kind of you know breakfast or lunch or spa or whatever it is like it's just great for the community and great for you guys as a business as well um Mate, it, this is great. Like I know, you know this place is starting to pop now, and everyone's getting busy, and you got to start your day and work. So I really appreciate this. Uh, how can everyone reach out? How can they follow you if they're not already? Yeah. Um, so we're all over uh, the social media platforms at uh, Cafe Cacao on Instagram, mm -hmm. which is Cafe Cacao on Facebook, uh, or website CafeCacao.com. And just keep in mind that our hours are limited. We're only a breakfast and lunch concept. Yeah. Uh, we don't have dinner. So we open at 7 to 2.30, Monday through Friday. We open at 7 to 4 o'clock on Saturday. It's a slightly longer day. Mm -hmm. And then 8 to 3 p.m. on Sundays. 
So yeah. and make sure and use on the weekends during the week. A lot of people think it's this crazy busy restaurant. Yeah. You know, during the week, um, you can come in for lunch and get a table without you know yeah. uh, crazy wait times. So just come in. But on the weekends, make sure and use the Yelp app. Um, it, it'll tell you exactly where you are in line. It's yeah. super convenient. You can get in line from the comfort of your own home. So make sure and use that. Great. And definitely when you come down, guys, ask as many questions as you want. You know, if you've never been here before, get the specials, right? And ask, exactly. the, ask the ways the questions. They're here to take care of you. Um, again, yeah, you've got to come down here. It's just the spot. You have to. If you haven't had breakfast here, I'm sure everybody listening already has. But if you haven't, come down uh, and tell Luigi that you heard us from the podcast. That would really mean a lot to me. So thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next week. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram. podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston, mixed by Alan Brown, with music by Chad Duro.